that's Brooke. And this is the Macabre Cast. And I'm Shahri. And it's been a fucking hot minute. It has been. Welcome back. Welcome fucking back. Right before we started our introduction, I just got like an overwhelming happy feeling because I missed this. It's been so long. Yeah. Me too. It's also like it was the holiday season and we were super busy. Yeah, everyone was kind of like on their last rope for a lot of things. It, I feel so. like it was, yeah. and it still kind of feels like yeah. that. But it's just like, yeah, I feel like. changed, but. It would be nice to like get back to normal again. Yeah, and I miss like having this built in time to hang out with you oh, both yeah. and like see I liked everyone. And... Having a pre determined schedule of always being able to see you. Yeah. yeah. I also cool. just like little things too. Like, I kind of miss just like having a little quiet morning and like having some tea yeah. and hanging out yeah talking about shooting the shit and all shooting the shit yeah shooting the shit with the bros with the bros <laughs> with the bros <laughs> um we do have some exciting news um i'm going to just teaser it a little bit mm-hmm. um if we're okay with that yeah but um Shahri's going to be doing a very special guest episode in the near future. Um, we will probably be doing that somewhere in February. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be releasing in February, yes, yeah. Releasing I'm not in sure February. when we'll record it, but we'll figure that out. We'll yeah. Figure it out. But it's going to be a very special Shahri-sode. Shahri-sode. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we're going to have their sibling as a guest. So yes. yeah. it will be very exciting. Sort of as like a homage to past episodes when we've been like, we should ask Sherwin this. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> because they have like medical training and we're always wondering about these disorders and it's yeah. going to be a great opportunity for like Shahri to take us on a little educational journey Yeah, with a guest, which is fun. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited to get to be like the, to fill your role of like the commentary <laughs> just, section. Just be there for the oh, little for sides yeah. and all. Yeah, it's yeah. a good place to be. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. It's a fun, it's a fun part of the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm very ready. But yeah, I'm not going to spoil anything, but if you know, you know, if you know, you'll know what I mean, but it's going to be a little crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I won't say anything else. insane. Excellent. (laughs) stupid. Um, But yeah, so uh, we did have a correction. Oh, I have two corrections. Yeah, we have some corrections. We have a couple corrections. It's a long overdue correction because it's been forever. We've been on hiatus. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even, I wouldn't even, we were just on holiday break, I feel like, because I feel like hiatus implies like, (laughs) we we had to take There was like a falling out or something. It's like, no, I was Someone had to leave the podcast, actually. (laughs) Remember Joey, who has never spoken on the podcast? We're no longer associating with Joey. We had to take Fern off the podcast. She almost made it on a couple episodes. And let me tell you, her foul mouth. Mm, For real, though. She has a lot of. too much. Yeah. Um. But now that we're back, I'll, like I'll just go ahead. the imitation of the sound that Fern I makes. literally cannot even get close. And so that's that just, was wonderful. Oh, I liked it. it. Brooke does a much better for an impression for what it's worth, which makes sense. Oh, just like her sound yeah. that she makes? That. Yeah. Her trill. Exactly. She but yes. Her little chirp. But anyways, the corrections. Number one. I'll just give them if you guys yeah, don't mind. Yeah, please, please. Okay, number one. I like one. that you're kind of like, Holly and I are the hosts, but like you're all, you're like the host of the hosts. Yeah. Does that I'm make like, sense? I'm like the business end of it, so to speak. It's like, you guys get to talk and all, but I'll record it and make it and help us make sure it turns into an episode and yeah. be like, hey, so, so first correction. You're a producer. I am. Yeah, yeah. You're, 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 you are literally our producer. Yeah. And you guys <laughs> are the talent. Hey. Thank you. <laughs> So first correction um, is related to the um, Hollow Moon episode. Oh God! <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. I want to be clear, I personally loved, although I wasn't didn't get to be there for the recording. But I did want to clarify: we do believe in the moon landing. Yes. Yeah. From my time editing it, I didn't feel like it was super clear, and so I just wanted to put it out there. Yes, we do yeah. believe the moon landing did happen. My and we personal don't think opinion, the moon is hollow. Yeah, well, we that were just... one thankfully was not unclear to me. <laughs> okay, good. Um, but I also was just gonna say that my personal opinion is that if the U.S. government was willing to fake something like a moon landing, they would have done it again by now. That's true. true. That's one hundred percent true. And let true. me tell you, it's been a long fucking time since we've been to the moon. 
That's so true. Mm-hmm. So, no, I think it's real. I, yeah, I think, like, they would have doubled down to make it seem oh, for more sure. a- real and done, yeah. like, another fake moon landing Plus, like, by exactly. now. There's other things they probably are keeping that they like, care more about. So. Exactly. I also like, think you know. it's funny that in our corrections corner, we're still... I know. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're still, still like being the very government. unclear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yes, that's the correction. We do believe the no moon No one is holding happen. us hostage. We're not being forced to say this. <laughs> Did you hear that, Mr. FBI? Anyway, so. <laughs> but no, yeah, we everyone at this table believes the moon landing happened and, and the moon is, is not us, hollow. And nobody is making us say that. Yeah. Wink. Except no. for Shari. Apparently, except for me. And then the other correction is so fucking minor. But... <laughs> I remember this very well because I remember listening to the episode when I was editing it. It's from the other episode. Or actually, it might be from the Lane. Oh, yeah, because you, you edited these ones without I was just Holly sitting at home at like one in the morning just being like, <laughs> wait a second. I could have. Because like, this was about a math thing. This was also the moon landing episode. Okay, it was mm-hmm. the moon landing. Oh, I remember because you were talking about some of the sources and being like, one of them says an integer number. And you're like, isn't that redundant? Yes, Brooke, that is redundant. Oh, yeah. That As was just me who... being irritated by, like, the way it was fr- phrased. But I also just want to take away from that guy as much as possible. Because, yeah. yes, calling something an integer number in that kind of context is 100% someone just being like, uh, I did math and I know math words. And I can make it sound fancy. Because integer implies that it's a number. Yeah, that's yeah. why an, I was an like. integer is a type of number. Confused. So, yeah. yes, it's very much redundant. I had a whole moment where I was like, no, that's not redundant. An integer is a different type of number. And I was like, so why don't you just fucking say integer? Yeah. Because if it's... Oh, so for those of you who don't know, integer is just a whole number. It's not actually very exciting. It just means like it's not 1.2. It's not one and a half. It's just one, two, three, four. I learned this so long ago. And I was like, when we were recording, I remember being like, I knew this at one point and I just cannot like pull it from the recesses of my mind. I mean, it's one of those pieces of knowledge that's very useless. Well, I was going to say, like, I haven't heard someone use that word since like elementary school, like when we were learning about integers. Yeah, Yeah. I I, I think the last time for me was high school. And for me, the only reason it's more fresh is because, like, in, like, I went to engineering school. Yeah. And so, like, there's a lot of, like, math, math theory bullshit. Mm-hmm. But it's really not used outside of that. Yeah. And, like, I actually wanted to ask my friend who literally was a math major, because mm-hmm. he loves his math theory, just to be like, <laughs> Keenan, would you say an integer number or would you say an integer? And I didn't ask him, but I'm pretty sure he'd just say integer. Yeah. Because he's not a fucking douche. <laughs> If we're getting to it, are we going to... I think it's time. Is it yeah. Rochambeau? Let's uh, give our topics. Oh, yeah. We need our contenders. Are you going first or me? Sure. I'll go. Um, hey. My topic for possibly this week will be uh, <laughs> the bachelor taxes. Oh, shit. Abroad and within the U.S. I'm super excited to hear Wait, this one. which one? <laughs> Thank you. Was it a blonde or a brunette? Yeah. That's what Daniel always used to say to me. Fucking jerk. That's a good one. Was it a blonde or was it a brunette? <laughs> um, I, alternatively, I will be covering the concept of self-mummification. I'm so excited for this one. This, uh, I'm so worried about this uh, one. A little bit of a, uh, it's actually not that bad. Um, a little bit of a throwback to some of our old mummisodes. Because we have yeah. actually done a couple we now. We have, yeah. We did throwback the original. episode one, of course. Yeah. Well, a throwback to episode one for sure, yeah, yeah, for Holly's mummy episode. Then we've done two of the soap episodes, which yeah. are a form of mummification. That's and true. And then we've covered other crimes or things where there's been mum- mummification involved. I know. We're, we just have a trend and it's not one that I'm like proud of. No, but Why it's... Are, it's the macabre cast. Yeah. I feel like we don't have a lot of lanes we've picked. That's true. We For hate real. the French. We... So true. <laughs> we hate the French. Mummies keep coming up. Uh, I don't endorse cannibalism. No. Yeah. Uh... We still don't endorse cannibalism, in case anyone was <laughs> oh, curious. Oh, man. And we're gay as fuck. Yeah. And we yeah. apparently are not very nice to most people. <laughs> Because we are, we hate hey. the French, but we talk down on most people. That's true. Hey, hey, well, well I don't like men too. Most of the people <laughs> I mean, we I don't cover, think any of us like men. yeah, most of the people we cover have been kind of shitty, except for the the ones where we're like doing like the queer episodes or like you know like yeah. those type yeah. of things. Yeah. And then we're very nice. Oh, so I, I also would like to say too that um, sometimes, like especially if you're like a small podcast, 
it's there's a whole thing in rap of like the way that you get big is you start beef with somebody who is big because mm. then there people have heard of you. So morbid podcast. No, oh my god! No, 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 no beef with morbid. We I love like, them I love too them much. So much. Love, <laughs> the problem is we have no podcast we'd start beef with. No, really. like no. at most we're like. Sometimes you go in a slightly different direction than we would, and that's fine, that's you know? Yeah. yeah. You're welcome to do things the way you want to. But also, <laughs> so we're starting beef right we're now. We're starting beef right now. <laughs> Podca- well, if beef. any other podcast mus- um, oh, podcast oh, makers want to have a beef, we're, op- we're open for invitations. Yeah. Our email is <laughs> macabcastpod at gmail.com. Yeah, if you want to collab on um, having beef, then we can um, we can talk about maybe it. Maybe Duke and Caitlin will start a chicken podcast, and then we can have beef with them, and then it'll be like a family affair. Oh, my God. But, but they'd be doing chickens, not cows. True. No, that's you why we have me. beef. You got me. No, oh, that's, that's the, good. That's the. That's the. Bit. No, but I ha- I realized as soon as I said it. But also, it should be cows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I have beef. But- well, she does have cows. God. I need to meet Millie. Her cow is pregnant too. Millie is oh, pregnant. Millie's pregnant. Yeah, Millie's pregnant. We should She's probably gonna... cut this. Yeah. I'm... Why? Why? Okay. I, I, don't... I don't think they'll care. <laughs> Are you kidding? If Duke's working. Hey, if Duke, Duke, if you're listening in your in your um, truck, because he listens on his commute. That's true. Because my brother's a trucker, <laughs> and he um, he said that sometimes he plays our podcast Aww. in the in his truck when That's he's so doing deliveries because he works for a construction company. Oh, <laughs> I love that. So, so he, but if he Duke, if you start a podcast, listen, we can have beef. It'll be like an orchestrated orchestrated <laughs> PR stunt. <laughs> Yes. yes oh my god yeah also because i mentioned duke i just have to say hi to sandra because mm. um she said that she gets she gets excited when we mention her in the episode oh of course Aww. sandra our number one fan yeah yes. well actually that's our president of our fan our club fan. she's the president <laughs> yeah. of the fan club and brooke's girlfriend oh that's true yeah I feel like it's worth mentioning. But yeah, we probably hadn't mentioned that yet. No, we part. haven't. No, but that's okay. Um, but getting to it, let's we start. should we should yeah. row shambo. Row shambo. Row shambo. Are contenders ready? Yes. Good. Well, I want a good clean match. It's gonna be after a three, Holly. One, two, three, shoot. Yeah, but yes. don't say one, two, three. You have to say rock. I paper, will say scissors. rock, paper, scissors, okay. shoot. shoot. Don't yes. worry. I'm just letting you know how many steps there will be. Okay, they're giving each other really intense looks right now. I'm trying to get rid of my double chin. <laughs> No one's looking. Actually, I am. Holly I is. can feel it. <laughs> okay, we're ready. Okay, rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh. <gasps> Brooke takes it. Round one. Paper covers oh. rock. I'm back, baby. Brooke, do you have anything to say about this momentous victory starting a new season strong? You know, 2024 feels good already. It's like, gonna be your year. I think it's my year. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so funny because on my 2024 bingo card it says like something about how I think it's gonna be Holly's year. Yeah, <laughs> I Damn love it. that. I love that you didn't do that for yourself. You were just like Holly's big break year. And I just feel, I feel like, like it is. I also feel like sometimes like saying that about yourself feels like you're manifesting the opposite. Where well, you're like, also, it's gonna be my year, like, and then you're like the shittiest year ever. Other but. like the whole board is goals for me. Yeah. That's so my true. goal for this year is for my best friend to have a big break. Oh, that's very wholesome. Mm-hmm. And I can contribute by providing you bananas with which you can uh, deliver yes. me bread made out Actually, of. if you have more, please yes. give them to I me. I don't, but I can. And ca- for the listeners, Holly sorry. makes really good banana bread. <laughs> this is important for your listening experience. She, yeah. Imagine just, the podcast, but with the smell of banana bread, it's already better, right? For real. Holly yeah. like arrived last night with the uh, still warm from the yeah. oven. She really came banana bread, gifts. chocolate chip burnt banana bread loaf, mm-hmm. and I ate a few more pieces before I, I went mean, to bed last night. That's what Shami did too. Literally, like I put, I put Holly to bed, and then I just started eating banana <laughs> Me? bread. Me, I got us up off the couch and was like, "We're gonna get ready for bed," and we had already eaten a snack after yeah. we we had huge Ethiopian food for like late yeah. lunch dinner left for you guys with you guys last night, and then like I still had banana bread because it's so fucking good. Yeah. It's this, bananas. I need to write even... down this recipe because um, I like it, but I've made some changes to it. Mm-hmm. And so I need to, like, write down my changes. Oh, but I never asked. We got a little sidetracked. Brooke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I gave you your winner's interview. You're going first, I'm assuming, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Holly? This is the hard part now. Uh, oh, the Holly. loser. Yes. I haven't had to do a loser interview. Get fucked. 
<laughs> Maybe that's because you were hiding. That Maybe was... that's because you're the real no, it's, loser. It's because... Maybe that's because you're the rock and you were hidden. Oh, oh, Holly. <laughs> Holly, how do you feel about that statement? Um, it, really, it really like shatters my self-confidence, but yeah. I'm going to build it back up and I'm going to come back stronger next time. Oh, shit. I see you. I see you. <laughs> You're really going to be training that one, two, three shoot. Exactly. Excuse me. The rock, paper, scissors. I'm going to like yeah. see Holly from from our balcony so we can see each other. She's going to be out there like practicing a rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> my favorite part is just imagining someone practicing rock, Rochambeau and them just being like, one, two, three, shoot. And they're like, fuck, wrong thing. Like, you know, like. <laughs> Like that was supposed to be scissors. Like they're like, that was supposed to be scissors, and I put out rock. What am I doing? I feel like I've mentioned this on the pod before, but I was actually in like an all school like rock paper, rock, paper scissors competition once. Of course, you well, were. and I got beat fair. out by my my high school science teacher. Rude. That's sure. not teacher fair. shouldn't be able to. Keep yeah. It, well, it was first students versus students, and then the final championship was students oh. and teachers versus, and I made it to the final championship. I don't know why this was happening. That seems like an odd use of school time, but whatever. You know, like, pep rallies, yeah. which are the worst fucking thing on earth, and yes. I used to skip all of them, and I would go do nice. choir paperwork, because I was the president of the choir, and I was like, I would tell them, I was like, I'm busy. I'm busy, leave me <laughs> and alone. I, so I didn't have to go, because they wanted me to participate, and I was like, no thanks. Yeah, no, fuck that. No. You know what I hate? Participating in, like, those type of events. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I remember sitting in, like, the the upper bleachers yes. so i felt like nobody would see me and yeah. even then you'd, there'd be like five people half-heartedly like standing up and cheering and shit and i'd be like what is wrong with you for real i'm gonna start with my sources today mainly no. because i found this it was one of those things where you start thinking you're gonna have it on topic and mm-hmm. then you go on a rabbit hole oh. that's what happened with mine too yeah I thought so because I didn't. You didn't tell me you were covering that, and then I was surprised by the pictures you sent into the um, Discord server know, yeah. the other day. That was funny. <laughs> My favorite part was just watching Holly slowly scanning an ancient newspaper and and just reading all of the feral articles on I there. I lost. We My should mind. get a newspapers.com um, subscription subscription and yeah. share it. Actually, you know what we should worth. do is get a buy me a coffee. Mm. We should do that. So if, if you guys would like to buy us a coffee, it mm-hmm. will soon be possible, maybe. Just probably. Potent- potentially. <laughs> potentially, probably, maybe. Potentially, probably, maybe. So for my sources today. Yes. I found this, of course, on All That's Interesting. I was just scrolling one day. And I found this article that was called Two Golden Tongues Symbolizing the Flesh of the Gods Discovered in Ancient Egyptian Mummies. Oh. And it was by Austin Harvey. And I read it and I thought it was interesting. You know and then, I love burial rituals. Yeah. And so <laughs> I basically got kind of... I was originally thinking about covering, like, cool things that had been found in, like, tombs. Yeah. And then I got to reading about this specific mummification process, and that's how I found it. But the two golden tongues thing was just that they found a new tomb, and um, the two mummies in there had... um, we learned in your episode mm-hmm. that they would replace organs of the body to keep the fullness of the body so mm-hmm. you wouldn't like collapse inward and it also was a pre- preventative measure to help them from like rotting yeah it also had like cultural significance mm-hmm. yeah. within like the right the culture and then the mm-hmm. religion and yeah. you know yeah and then depending well i also just meaning that like in all mummification processes yes. non just yeah. not just egyptian they would remove the organs as part of like a yeah. safeguarding attempt to make it so you wouldn't rot from the inside out yes right mm-hmm. but one of the organs that they replaced in these two mummies was the tongue with a golden oh. plate that looks like like a little tongue like a leaf almost and it was like placed in their mouth isn't that interesting that's cool it's very different it's one that we haven't heard of before so i was just reading about it and i thought it was interesting (laughs) and then i got on a whole um yeah side quest so for the rest yeah totally a side quest that became the main quest yeah which is how most of my side quests go yeah the best kind of side quest yes (laughs) um other places I looked to for um, information, of course, I did a re-listen of your episode from the beginning. Oh. That was horribly painful. I never want to do it again. <laughs> Not because of you, but because of myself. And it was the first episode. Yeah. It um, was, it's always rough yeah. at the beginning. Uh, I went to the, like, on history.com, they have, like, a backlog of, like, mummy, mummy history with like, yeah. tons of resources. So I was on there a lot. Um, of course, the wikis for a couple different types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the main pages that I used on there was, um, and I'm going to try my best to pronounce this, mm-hmm. uh, Sokushinbitsu, okay. which is what I'm going to be talking about today, actually. Okay. That was one of the Wikipedia pages. Also the Wikipedia page for incorruptibility, which oh. is a um, sort of relating back to that kind of like mummification, religious, like yeah. purity complex that we can okay. kind of talk about. Yeah. Um, asceticism oh yeah Mm -hmm. which um we'll talk about and then um a couple others uh one of the awesome articles that i read was about i had this has such a hard word to say but uh sokushinbutsu i think Mm -hmm. is how it's pronounced um and so it was called sokushinbutsu how buddhist monks spent years mummifying themselves alive little teaser there for you Um, also some all that's interesting articles, um, an article on BBC called A 500-Year-Old Mummy with Teeth. That was a fun one by <laughs> Nilima Valangi, and that one I also used, I'm going to post a couple pictures that she took herself. Just nice. weird random aside. Mummies don't usually have teeth. That's a thing, right? Um, they can. Okay. Then that feels like a slightly silly title. Well, <laughs> part uh, of it is that when you're... So they'll fall out if your like gums rot out and stuff. Uh, makes sense. Because that's like what's yeah. affixing. I mean, they're kind of attached to your jaw by nerve endings and stuff, but like not. But eventually, yeah. that will decay away. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then, yeah. So I think normally it's not visible that you can like see that they have like cl- like teeth, teeth in their mouth, yeah. as we know teeth at least. Um, that makes sense. And then of course there's the documentary, the mystery of the Tibetan mummy. Oh. With focusing reacher. reacher researcher jesus victor h Mayer from university of pennsylvania's museum of archaeology and anthropology interesting that's cool for a second i processed that you were saying like jesus like for having trouble as his name was jesus and i was like (laughs) not jesus no he's jesus (laughs) (laughs) but anyways no 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 i'm just having a hard time speaking today i mean me too all the time but Mm, for real so um kind of Circling back to those tongue mummies, I just wanted to highlight that. Um, it was in the Egyptian town Oxyricus, okay, where archaeologists recently discovered two mummified bodies and the new interesting artifact of the two golden tongues. Mm-hmm. Um, in recent years, they this location has yielded sixteen mummies, which is pretty cool. Um, wow. So yeah, numbers are increasing again after a lot of mummies were eaten, yeah. as we learned in Holly's episode. <laughs> um, the limestone tombs date back to Egypt's Roman period between twenty nine BCE and six forty one CE. Oh, interesting. Uh, the chambers, of course, also held, of you know papyrus mm. leaflets and Excellent. egyptian iconography etc etc et all lots of amazing artifacts in there that are fingers crossed being preserved um <laughs> and kept in egypt yeah yeah i was gonna say yeah with the right people please yeah yes. <laughs> yeah ultimately no known identity has been like placed for the two bodies but mm-hmm. it was clear that they're wealthy, important citizens due to the type of burial that they had, yeah. and like the golden tongues, they were clearly wealthy from that time period. So yeah. that's just kind of cool. Yeah. A cool thing. They had golden tongues. That's cool. Um, some say that it had like the um, this kind of again harkens back to your original mummification episode. Mm. Um, the flesh of the gods is typic- typically described as gold oh. in Egyptian culture. And um, it said that the golden tongues would permit them the ability to speak with the Egyptian lord of the dead, Osiris, <sighs> in the afterlife. I love so that. Cool. So it was like permit giving them like a permission to like speak, speak. with the gods, which oh. is really cool. Yeah, that, that's like an... Um, potentially like interpretation. Re- yeah, interpretation yeah. of what what why they could have had the tongues like that um it could also just be a wealth thing but um, yeah. i think it's really cool if that's the case or um, like it, i choose to believe that yeah. Yeah. yeah or like depending on their profession maybe like speaking and being mm-hmm. an orator was like right you yeah know. right and but, it's like you need like a gilded tongue so you can be ready right. to talk to the gods and, too. Yeah. and part of the reason why they would like replace organs is because they would replace it with like valuable other items mm. and then the, the quote unquote according to this um, archaeologist and this historian was to restore vital functions of the dead so like their tongue was going to just like 
yeah. disintegrate. And so like they wouldn't have something to, have something to speak with. Yeah. So they're like essentially replacing things so that the body would remain intact in afterlife. I love that. Which is really cool. Yeah, that's I, so cool. Ugh, I burial rituals I know. are like I it's so fascinating. Get lost in the so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I also love like it. how it just. I mean, I think this is part of why y'all like it a lot too. But like, I like how it speaks a lot to how that culture relates to death yes. mm-hmm. and like what they think happens after you die, um, and how they think like the life we're living now relates to that. Yeah, it's just it's it's so like personal and intimate and like I. I don't know. I just I think it's really interesting how much overlap as well there is mm-hmm. with like the way that people think about death and dying yeah. and then yeah. also like the specific like how people interpret that overlap well, and the way you, it differs I mean, and the like specific rituals around mm-hmm. it and like the way the it differs but like and, the way that it can be very similar with yeah. just like very different interpretations mm-hmm. or like their in like a specific region they were influenced by what was specifically around yeah. them to uh, do yeah. it slightly differently than yes. someone across the world but yeah. in theory it's the same exact thing it's so fucking, cool. yeah, it's so fucking Seriously. cool yeah it's so fucking cool i think my favorite too is when Welcome you back. Find like i know right <laughs> my favorite is when you have like um like a few different cultures where they do something that seems very similar, mm-hmm. but the culture around it is like completely different. Yeah, like, like opposite reasoning. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, or like like the like like the classic like European or Western like fear and like kind of sadness around death. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And you get like p- some people who do like the exact same practices, but they're like, but it's a celebration. Right. We're yeah. not sad about right. it. Yeah. Like, they lived a good life, and it's yeah. it's interesting to see all. It that. is it's so wild. <sighs> 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 Soapbox put it set aside now. Yeah, <laughs> for real. We all got too excited. Uh, <laughs> so um, I'm going to be talking about self-mummification. Um, and this was a process utilized by some Buddhist monks throughout history. I've heard like little bits about yeah. this, but I'd never known like specifics. Yeah. Um, it's actually nothing. pretty self-explanatory, unfortunately. Mm. Oh. <laughs> but it is pretty fascinating to read about like the ones that still exist today and yeah. then how prevalent it became in their um like practices. Yeah. Um so It almost sounds a little macabre. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Anyways. Uh, so I'm going to start out by telling you guys about Sangha Tenzin, mm-hmm. the 15th century Tibetan Buddhist monk. Uh, mm-hmm. So in 1975, in the Spiti Valley of India, and... Oh, this is recent. Yes. An earthquake resulted in the collapse of a sealed concrete tomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, within the tomb and within the earthquake aftermath, Local authorities were shocked to discover a body. Do you ever wonder how many things are just like there that we yes. don't know oh, about yeah. under this building right now? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like constantly. how many just like random like not even time capsules, but you but know, just, basically, like, yeah. Well, like your last Holly's old apartment. I swear to God, there was like a death chamber in the basement. There like, definitely was. That place was scary. Yeah. Like there oh, was yeah. a dead body cult underneath. I'm pretty there. sure there yeah. was. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in a similar vein, I feel like my building is haunted yeah, for as real. shit. I mean, it used to be an old folk. This building, so, like, yeah. This yeah. building definitely like someone has died in here before. Yeah. So. Yeah, but like it, earthquakes always reveal random I things or like yeah. And it's like nature just decided it was time for that to it's be time. like <laughs> it's time for it to come out. Like yeah. it's fucking scary. Ah, I love okay. it. Okay. Um. So there's a little bit of confusing data here about like how it was discovered in 1975 because mm-hmm. of the earthquake. But then it was, like, buried by the earthquake. I don't... That part's a little bit confusing. Okay. But regardless, it was rediscovered in 2004. And actually by the Indo-Tibetan border police. Oh, <laughs> And right. then it was a preserved mummy since okay. then. So since 2004, it's been fully preserved. Um, like, as in, like, a historical artifact. Mm-hmm. Um, this monk, Tenzin can be viewed in Gu, a small village uh, that it was actually discovered in. So it's been kept in the same village that it was found. Good. So it's it's actually stayed in the same place. Excellent. Um, not removed from its original location, which I appreciate is what I wrote in my notes. Yeah. Um, and it's owned by the 15th century Buddhist monastery. So oh. it's at least owned by like yeah, um, that's good. people that are actually involved with it. Yeah. Uh, 
So what does he look like? What does Let's he look talk like? about it. He's brown and leathered, like most of the other mummies yeah. that we've seen. Um, he's in a complete, like, knee-to-chest crouch. Oh, okay. With his, like, arm hugging around his front leg, like, gripping his, yeah. like, ankle. And his head is resting on his left knee. Oh, interesting. It's like almost like a fetal position. Yeah, so like a f- seated fetal position. Yeah. Um, with fully knee to chest, and he's just like hugging around his leg, and his knee is resting on, That's or his head is resting on his yeah. knee. Yeah. Um, his mouth is open, and you can it, you can see his perfectly preserved white teeth. Oh. oh. And um, they have him cloaked in a orange robe, and mm-hmm. then there's also like a white gauze shroud. But I think they like change it regularly mm-hmm. because it doesn't look like it's necessarily the same one that he was wearing before yeah um and now let's talk about who he is i'm excited who is this tenzin? so tenzin which i love that name i had a student named tenzin when i was a teacher and oh. then i also always think of um uh, avatar, avatar. Korra, uh, yeah yeah that's uh ang's son in yeah. the yeah. sec sequel show legend of korra uh, but i had a, I had a student sick. named tenzin which i always like it's a cool name i like it um yeah. but he's originally from tibet um, it was rumored that he traveled to Goo for spiritual meditation when he was around 45 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and the folklore of this quote-unquote living Buddha oh. suggests that he sacrificed his life for the survival of Goo village due to a scorpion infestation. Oh, And so he chose to go into, it's rumored that he chose to go into this like self-mummified spiritual state as like mm-hmm. a sacrifice oh to like try and get rid of the scorpions yeah to try to solve the problem for the village and it's also suggested that the mummy is alive and cr- continues to grow hair and nails according to legend oh because i don't like that. the idea of self-mummifying is to sort of like transcend your physical state and become yeah. like You, you're kind of alive like but thing. yeah you're like you're you die but you're like but transcend you're like you've spiritually spirit transcended death essentially forever. yeah mm-hmm. yeah um i'll get more into that but i just think it's fucking wild <laughs> that's so cool um a special type i wrote a special type of mummy dot 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 naturally mummified dot 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 self mummified <laughs> no way no way <laughs> So this brings us to Yamagata, Japan, or more specifically, the Shingon monks of Yamagata, where the sacrificial act of Sokushinbutsu Mm -hmm. was practiced. Okay. There are other locations in which this has been practiced, but the most recorded information that we have about this act is traced to this specific region. So I'm going to be talking about this and thusly related to Tenzin and that practice as well. So, senior Shingon monk Kukai, founder mm-hmm. of the Shingon School of Buddhism in 806, 806. 806. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Long time ago. Yeah. Reportedly brought this process to Japan after learning tantric practices in China, mm, okay. which I think we should do an episode on like tantric like, I don't actually know what that it's is. It's like yeah. a form of like physical like meditation and like body. Um, I feel like it would be it has good like, just it, because I feel like most people only know it because of tantric sex coaches and shit. And yeah, it's, like it's a lot. It's normally related with like random. body movement and dancing, but like okay. as a spiritual. Um, Interesting. And so like you might like you might hear someone say like I'm a tantric dancer. Mm-hmm. That's like okay. a thing. Yeah. Huh. And that, that's the normal way. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, the normal way to talk about it yeah. and not, like, people being, like, tantric sex. Yeah, okay. there's... I, I, I could go on three tangents about that. I mean, it's the to. same shit as, like, when... Like, even when I say, like, oh, yeah, I dabble in a little bit of witchy shit, people are yeah. like, can you do sex magic? And it's like, this isn't mm-hmm. 1974. Like, yeah. fuck off. You need, like, if you need a love potion, I think you have bigger problems. Love potion number nine, my not my Ooh. problem. <laughs> Just play the song. They made it so easy for song. you. It's a bop. Oh, I have it on vinyl. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, so uh, some say that it is this monk's contribution to Shingon practices that like, are the reason that other monks were inspired to practice mm. Sokushinbitsu. Um, so he was a trendsetter. Wow. <laughs> An icon. A little side thing on Kukai, this... Um, 
the senior monk. Mm-hmm. Um, he was posthumously known as Kobo Daishi and reportedly never truly died. Oh. Instead, in 835, he crawled into his tomb and en- entered a deep state of meditation called Nujo. Hmm. According to hygiography, Kukai plans to emerge in 5.67 million years to usher a predetermined number of souls into nirvana. Wow. So, like I said, it's more of a, like, they're not dead. Yeah. They're, like, serving a purpose by putting their body into a hibernative, like, sort of hibernating state. state, Yeah. According to their beliefs. Yeah. Which is fucking cool. That's wild. (laughs) Um... The goal of Sokushinbutsu, mm-hmm. it's a sacrificial act that would grant them access to Tusita Heaven, where mm-hmm. they would be blessed with the power to protect the humans of Earth for 1.6 million years. Mm-hmm. That's a very specific... Yeah, I don't know why that specific yeah. number. Um, it might have... I mean, I don't even let myself get involved in numerology, but I'm sure there's a whole thing with that involved with it. Yeah, but... Yeah, that's that's cool. Right. So yeah. the question is here, sort of, sort of like, why mummification? Yeah. Why are they choosing to mummify themselves in order to also what transcend? The, I'm it sure like you'll, it, kind of, it reminds I'm gonna, me a little bit of like salvation and like yeah, other yeah. belief systems. I'm gonna teach you how to self mummify. Don't worry, we'll get there. Okay. Okay. Good. Oh, honey, don't worry. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. We're, I was so I worried. can see at the bottom of my page self mummification 101. It's Excellent. coming. It's okay. coming. Cuz that's my whole question this entire time is okay, but how? Do you want to do it though? No. Yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> I know that for a fact I couldn't do it. Cuz it requires not eating and I uh, like eating. Uh, <laughs> or hydrating and yeah. I like hydrating. I don't like hydrating, but that's a problem. Rip. Well, I just don't like to dehydrate. That's all. Yeah. Me too. So why mummification, we ask? Yes. According to their beliefs and practices, they needed to prevent any decomposition or stop any corruption of the flesh so the body is pure enough to accompany their spiritual selves Mm -hmm. into Tusita. Okay. So if they're physical body is impure at all they're not able to transcend that makes sense and so the mummification process is sort of like the first step to letting go of this is very like typical buddhist thing like letting go of all of the yeah physical like like earthly connections earthly connections and transcending that entirely into like becoming like a spiritual yeah that makes sense are they also connecting it in a way of like the body decaying would make you like it be not pure enough in a way is that yes. kind of, oh, okay. mm-hmm. So basically yeah. they're saying okay. like if you're mummified, your body doesn't decay because it's a complete preservation. Yeah. So they're And then that would make it say pure enough for you. Yes. And I'll tell I'll show you actually it's... later there is a determining situation where the body is dug up to be te- checked. Yeah. Oh. It's interesting because it's reminding me a little bit and I would have to do like more research on it because this is just like going off the my memory. Mm-hmm. But if I'm remembering right I feel like the concept of the split between body and soul being like two separate entities is very Western. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering if like that concept, because I can like feel my brain going into like, well, you have your body and you have your soul and they're, you know, but Mm -hmm. like the way that you're describing it feels very like body and soul are not separate from no, each other in they this are context together. when they go to Tusita, yeah they are which i think is how it's pronounced it, my apologies if any of these things aren't i'm doing my best um when they go there their like physical body it is comes still, with them yeah. in like whatever form it might be mm-hmm. at that point yeah yeah that like the combination like not splitting body and soul Mm -hmm. is something that i'm pretty sure is like it's very eastern yeah Mm -hmm. but i'd you know Mm -hmm. i'd have to confirm that yeah but it's also the subject of a great song by death cab (laughs) (laughs) where soul meets body nice nice reference that's literally the whole song's premise is i want to go where soul meets body nice anywho nirvana yeah uh let's see literally Literally. My brain immediately went to the band, and I was like, "Wait, no!" And then I was no. like, "Yeah, <laughs> no, no, not not Kurt, not Kurt, not Kurt, not, not Kurt. Kurt. No, no, we're talking about Tenzin, not Kurt." <laughs> Get it together, guys. Um. So, Ken Jeremiah 
writes in his book, Living Buddhas, the self-mummification of monks of Yamagata, Japan. He writes that many religions internationally recognize the imperishable corpse as a mark of exceptionable, exceptionable, <laughs> exceptional ability to connect with a force which transcends the physical realm. Okay. So answering your question that you brought up right before I was going to say this yeah. <laughs> is that in a, and he's saying religions internationally writing from a perspective that's Western. So yeah. he's saying <laughs> essentially other than like Western belief systems. Yeah. Um, the, but actually still, actually this is in a lot of Catholic practices as well. Mm-hmm. But the idea of a corpse being um, undecayed yeah. is a direct correlation to how pure you were as a person. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. It took me 800 years to get that out of my mouth. We have not podcasted in I two know. months, and I can tell because my mouth doesn't work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, we're doing good. Yeah. We're doing great. Yes. If you are wondering, they do die. And they yeah. are essentially unaliving themselves over a course of one to three years. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh. yeah. So let's get into self-mummification 101 as inspired by the practices of Sokushunbutsu in Japan. Okay. Also, listeners, do not attempt at home. No. Yeah. <laughs> Do not we're try actually this actually solidly against unaliving. Yes, yeah. we're solidly against unaliving. Things to know for Buddhism contexts. First, mm-hmm. one, incorruptibility, the concept. This mm-hmm. belief is that you can preserve a human body to be completely devoid of decomposition after death as a sign of their holiness or spiritual grandeur. Okay. In yeah. Catholicism, there are... The saints. The saints. Yeah, and their relics and... yeah. But in other cultures, it could be just that they wanted to preserve a body to represent that yeah. spiritual grandeur of this person in any context, right? Yeah. Um, as we know it scientifically, an entire lack of decomposition, a.k.a. full mummification, mm-hmm. it's a hard word to say, would require a completely dry environment and the body would need to be devoid of all moisture internally as well. Okay. Uh. That is how you completely self mummify. Because you wouldn't be taking the organs out. Yes. And you need to essentially, like, like, remove all moisture from your body before you die. So it's like going intense dehydration before death. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, the second concept we need to know about Buddhism ahead of time Mm -hmm. is asceticism. Oh, yeah. Asceticism, uh, the word comes from the Romanized Greek word akesis for training or exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a lifestyle characterized by abstinence from all sensual ple- pleasures in mm-hmm. pursuit of spiritual goals or enlightenment. Characteristics of this would be a frugal lifestyle, renunciation of material possessions, mm-hmm. um, and physical pleasures. Fasting rituals while focusing on the practice of religion or spiritual reflection, depending on what your reasoning for asceticism is. Yeah. Um, lots of different um, cultures and religions, etc., practice this. Yeah. Um, but it is heavily associated with Buddhism. Um, and I wanted to di- define that for you first, just in case Thank anybody you. didn't know. Um, yeah. It is thought to allow the practitioner's consciousness to transcend Mm -hmm. so essentially by removing your body's physical pleasures and experiences you're reaching a higher level of thought yeah um without like the distractions basically fun fact the two of swords card in may in the minor arcana of tarot is a very similar concept oh interesting that's the card i pulled when i was uh trying to figure out if I should dump my ex. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Because it represents, like, the card represents, like, a very extreme form of bondage that allows you to, like, transcend all physical experiences to, mm-hmm. like, be only logic. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what the card is. But I just thought it was interesting. Very That's similar. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. uh, beautiful card as well. 
Let's start. Okay. Step one. Estimated time to self-mummify. Three years of dedicated asceticism and meditation. Okay. So that's like your, you know, before you do a recipe, you have to preheat the oven, right? Okay. Preheat the oven for three years. Okay. Got it. Cool. We're good. I don't know how to pronounce this word. I'm going to try my really, really, really best. I believe in you. Mokuji kigyo. Okay. Mokuji kigyo or tree eating training is the second step and it's the most important step. Okay. Tree eating training limits the diet to only what can be foraged on the mountain of the Yamagata region. Okay. Um, Namely nuts, roots, tree bark, pine needles, and occasionally berries if they were available. Okay. All time that is not spent foraging was to be spent in meditation Mm -hmm. from a spiritual perspective this is intended this tree eating training Mm -hmm. is intended to toughen the spirit and Mm -hmm. distance someone from human needs okay that's the spiritual side of it now from a biological perspective this severe diet rids the body of fat muscle and moisture yeah with out withholding some important nutrients that keep you alive. Okay, yeah. Let's go back to that list of things you can eat. Nuts, roots, tree bark, pine needles. Yeah. No moisture can, to be found. Yeah. <laughs> no, no moisture yeah. to be found. Um, and over the three years, you start with, like, your normal water intake of, like, salinized water. Yeah. And then you, like, decrease it. Oh, okay. As you go onward. Like, slowly. To nothing. Yeah. Like, to nothing. Mm. To the point where mm. it's nothing. And that starts on, like, pretty early. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't think, you know, the monks weren't, like, hydrating and dehydrating like we are doing nowadays. Yeah. You know, yeah. in the sense of, like, that we're carrying around our 32-ounce hydro flask all the time. Yeah. Like, you, you know, know what I mean? didn't have no. hydro flasks back then? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. So it is recommended that you do this diet for a 1,000 days. And after that point, like, you you need to do it for a thousand days to be considered spiritually ready to enter Nujo, which is Nujo, which is the like spiritual state. Okay. Okay. Um, And at that point, they would retreat into their tomb for final meditation. Which is why they're crawling into the tomb. Yes. You can't probably walk at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So a thousand days, a little bit over three years, roughly, right? So they're saying it should take about three years for you to totally destroy your body enough that you're ready for, like, spiritual meditation. Like, and by destroy, I just mean, like, no moisture to be found, bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Dry AF. Yeah, that's why. Okay? However, most of the time, people would do it for longer because they would think that they weren't ready yet. For spiritual transcendence. So they'd do it longer than a thousand days. Mm -hmm. They would essentially restart the cycle or continue the cycle. I just don't fully understand how you survive. I don't know. I mean, I think our concept of how, like, what we have to... uh, First of all, this is the U.S., so, like, we eat so much. (laughs) That's true. I was just going to say, I think the point is that you don't survive. Yeah, but, like, how do you survive the thousand days? You know, like... I mean, there's technically they were getting enough like vitamins and minerals with the salinized water and the very minimum. And they're like losing all body. I mean, they're wasting away. Yeah. But remember that they're also this is a person who not only is eating like that, but they're doing nothing but meditation all day, every day. So it's not like you who it's not like you eating tree bark for a thousand days while going to work well, 40 hours yeah, a week and living yeah, in the United that's States. True. That's not the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's true. Like, like it's still going to be grueling and terrible and, like, yeah, hard. But yeah. also... But they're, like, kind of not doing anything. But it's, like, yeah, a slow so. life. They're experiencing a slow life experience of it. Yeah. As opposed to, like, yeah. the fast lane I just, situation. Yeah. Step three. You ready? Yeah. Meditation belts. Belts. Some meditation was further challenged... By the introduction of gomtag, I think it's how it's pronounced, or gomtag, uh, which is called meditation belts. Uh, these essentially forced people into specific positions. Okay. And would keep you in that position unless you undid the belt to get out of the position. Okay. Mm-hmm. So 
example, it would retain your posture into into death. So oh, okay. Tenzin was found seated with, the, with yeah. his hand clutching his leg and his n- head resting on his chin because he had been in a meditation belt bound to be in that meditation position oh. for eternity. Like Interesting. when he crawled into his tomb, he belted himself and he began his final meditation in that position. Wow. And it's 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 possible that was his position before that and he had yeah. been like living thousands of days sitting in that position anyways you know like whatever position they choose there could be reasons for them there could be not you know yeah just however you meditate but they would like keep themselves in a position which would also keep their mummified body in a certain posture as it yeah didn't decay but like mummified over time because as things change biologically with your after like pieces of your body you know yeah things are gonna move but they won't in this case because they're being like held into a position yeah that makes sense which is wild step four and arguably one of the more talked about um ones and i would say this relates a lot to the second step which is the tree eating mm. this is called urushi tea okay urushi tea and it's um made of toxic cadendron verniculum tree bark the what now <laughs> it's toxic you said okay yes okay. it's a type of sumac lacquer tree Ooh, in japan s- sumac yeah sumac yeah um we use that yes um it atten- it contains a toxic compound okay. similar to that of poison ivy okay sort of yeah um if ingested by monks urushi tea would have hastened death induced vomiting and made the body less hospitable for bacteria and parasites that would aid in decomposition. Oh, interesting. So tea, a dehydrating con like yeah. co- like composition anyways, like tea yeah. dehydrates you. A. Yeah. B. Induced vomiting, further dehydration. Yeah. It was a way for their body to get enough hydration to survive while still not consuming anything yeah. and consuming only plant matter. Yeah. Yeah. Made from the same bark that they would eat, etc. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So a huge, huge part, other than them eating only bark uh-huh. <laughs> and pine needles, was that they were drinking a toxic tea made of similar items. Interesting. That would be incorporated into their meditation mm-hmm. and it would essentially preserve their body from being in, infested by parasites, yeah. which would then cause decomposition yeah a huge part i've talked about the five steps of decomposition on this podcast before Mm -hmm. if you guys remember back but before you can ever get to the dry remains stage Mm -hmm. is they have to eat away all of the wet remains yeah and by a making their body have no moisture and by making the lack like the dry bits of them have a lot of um toxins in them they were just making it so those bugs would never come to their body at all yeah that's wild which is how they managed to leave those organs and all of that flesh intact and still be completely mummified (sighs) which is fucking insane yeah the science of this is like it's so wild that they got it so well yeah right like the like like that's precise the bacteria making sure that you're dehydrated but not so dehydrated but then it's like like cleaning out the whole body emptying the whole body out reducing the body of any moisture and then on top of reducing the body from moisture which is what the bugs are drawn to it also reduces the dry matter from having any uh, like hospitable flesh on it for bugs to eat because the bugs would die too that is like so intricately creates like it's such an intricate system yeah and like, cause, cause there are bugs that come and eat the wet stuff and there yeah. are bugs that come and eat the dry stuff yeah. and they have and made it ho- inhospitable for both. Yeah. That's wild. It's fascinating. Yeah. And to do it while you're alive. Yeah, that is. And for it, you would have done it for long enough that that, those vitamins and those minerals yeah. and those toxins are still in your body after the fact that you die, yeah. that the whatever wet shit's left in there when you die. Also the amount it's of, gone. the amount of like mental and emotional discipline discipline that it takes to do that and like the fascinating commitment to 
the people around you if you're doing this as for, a sacrificial, as a sacrificial act, act like and mm-hmm. that type of mm-hmm. like that takes a type of mind that I do not have right I mean that's like, why like Tenzin you can look up photos of him um it's surrounded in a glass like thick glass box and you can go visit him mm-hmm. in his shrine like in his little um tomb yeah and of course like they're able to keep it for so long because it's so well preserved yeah it's fucked up i okay we have one le- we have one more step okay okay one more step. last step last step is live okay. burial oh okay so in Tenzin's version, we heard the legend that he crawled to his tomb. Uh-huh. However, in the Japanese practices that I'm more discussing now, there's actually a like specific um, way they would do live burial. Okay. Um, so some traditions indicate that when the monk felt death was approaching, uh, when he'd finished his a thousand days and he mm-hmm. was beyond, he was ready for spiritual uh, yeah. enlightenment, and then his he felt his body was ready to. Mm-hmm. Um, the disciples would then lower him in a coffin to the bottom of a three meter wide deep hole. Okay. Or three meter deep hole. Mm-hmm. So only three meters down. The pine box would be surrounded by charcoal, which mm-hmm. is um, activated charcoal is a, um, it prevents mold. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like terrariums. Yeah. Everybody's getting into terrariums now. It's something that you often would, or if you had like a pet, frog yeah in like a mossy environment you would put activated charcoal along the bottom underneath the soil so that the moisture down there wouldn't mold yeah um so it's surrounded by charcoal and then they would insert a bamboo rod for an airway Mm. and then they would be completely buried underneath that just that little hole to breathe through oh there'd be live in complete darkness the monk would continue meditation and reportedly would ring a bell as a signal of life on a periodic like basis. Interesting. When the ringing ceased, the body would be officially sealed for a thousand more days. Okay. Right? After a thousand days, the body would be disinterred and inspected for any signs of corruption. Oh. So they would open up the box and mm-hmm. they would check to make sure that the body was in fact completely self mummified prior to death yeah Hmm. if completely incorrupt it would be preserved as a true sokushinbitsu monk a living monk oh i have like goosebumps so yeah (laughs) so that's i'm like feeling stressed about the like buried alive aspect i can tell you have your stressed posture yeah yeah. Uh, in conclusion, there are actually 16 existing Sokushinbutsu in Japan currently. Wow. Uh, the practice was officially criminalized in 1877, and the last monk to perform this act did so illegally and died in 1903. Oh. God the damn. The final Sokushinbutsu monk. The last living monk. That's wild. Only 20 years ago. That's... Wait, 20. Was it 2004? Oh, 1903. 1903. Okay, okay. I was like, okay, backing up, backing up, backing <laughs> up, backing up, backing up. Only 120 years ago, which is fucking insane. That's Wait, what I meant to say. Wait, you said 19 what? 03. 1903. Okay, no, I can't do math either. 120. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said 31 and no one caught no, no. me enough. You, you thought 93, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I heard. I You're heard thinking of how Tenzin was discovered in 75. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. We're, we're tired. It's the first episode back. Recording in the morning. This is not a math podcast. It's just not morning. Anyway, so. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking 145. <laughs> 141? We got four minutes earlier. God. But yeah, that is a wild. Yeah. So that is the self mummification practice of the uh, Yamagata monks in Japan. Or the, um, excuse me, specifically the Shingon monks of Yamagata, Japan, in which they were called the living monks or the. Sokushinbutsu Japan monks. That is wild and not what I have heard about at all. Isn't that insane? That is, yeah. It's so cool. So, uh, what do you guys want to put in your cabinet? <laughs> I'm fucking excited to hear because okay, I think there I are a bunch of really good options for this one, yeah. aside from the obvious options. 
I, I, do you guys mind if I go first? Go. Okay, I'm going to do the tea. Oh, like, probably yeah. just, like, a cup with, like, some of the bark in it. Nice. Not actually made into nice, tea, yeah. Nice, but, you know. nice, nice, nice. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, hmm. Hmm. Uh, I think I'm going to go with... Goodness. Uh, I think I'm going to go with, like, a bowl full of tree bark and nuts nice. and, and, like, and the stuff. needles yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think I'm going to do the bell. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Or the the bamboo pole. Yeah. I think yeah, that, like yeah. a, a, a tube of bamboo that was uh-huh. like their breathing hole. I think that would be a cool one. Yeah. But I think the bell. Or like the belt. Ooh, the belt. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought about doing a shroud. Yeah. Like Tenzin's shroud. Mm. So cool. That oh is my wild. god. Isn't that fucking insane? That is wild. When I got like on my tangent finding this, I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Like I'm ready. I just like did not know about any of it. And so Seriously. Yeah. You should watch the documentary about Tenzin. Um the one I said that was the research of Victor H. Mare. Yeah. It's called The Mystery of the Tibetan Mummy, and it's a history channel documentary. Oh, okay. So um easy yeah. to find. Um might... you can probably look it up on their website and sometimes they have like old stuff on yeah. there for free to stream. Yeah, I'll that's have cool. to check it out. Oh my god, it's, it's wild. Mm-hmm. Damn, history, man. Thanks, gang. Welcome back. <laughs> yeah, what episode a good... forty nine. Yeah. Thanks for bringing us back with such Heck a cool yeah. topic. Really. I yeah. was excited about this one a lot, and I actually got Mari all excited about it because I was look. I was listening to an episode of a podcast that was like about a mummy thing, or it was yours. <laughs> I was listening to our episode, <laughs> and I was working from home, and I I messaged Mari like a question about. Uh-huh. something about how to say it in Japanese. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, really fascinated in learning about it, too. Yeah. <laughs> it was really cute. Aww. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That's wild. I know. Fucking fascinating. Oh. <laughs> Holly's, like, all hy from the Burying Alive conversation. That, for mm-hmm. bar- being buried, buried alive, alive just yeah. really gets me. We, have it, we done an episode of that yet or no? no? Maybe I'll do mm-hmm. it. Maybe I'll do that for my next one. Yeah. You'll, you'll get to see me get all... Uh. Yeah, the Buried Alive... Have we really not covered? No, I don't think we have. We had the one with the like the bus, the one where they oh, were, like, we had yeah, yeah. yeah. well, because there's a whole. I th- I thought that we'd already talked about it on here, and maybe I just tangentially mentioned it. But there's the whole thing of like they used to yeah, bury people with, the... with bells. I think it because was... they were worried about. Um, accidentally burying people people alive alive. yeah i think we have we've talked about doing it as a topic a few Mm -hmm. times but i don't think we ever have actually done one it's called safety coffins right Mm -hmm. okay maybe i'll cover safety coffins next week Mm. since we're talking about it yeah um yeah absolutely wild thanks for listening yeah thanks thanks everyone for listening um i was thinking you guys for listening oh (laughs) I do, this, I do this. I do this every time. I think that you're thanking the listeners and you're actually thanking us. Yeah. But um, Sorry. you're welcome. I don't know if you guys know this, but I always diss the listeners when that happens. I know. True. <laughs> True. No, I say it. Get, get wrecked, listeners. Get wrecked. Yeah. It wasn't even for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Mm-hmm. And also, um, if you liked this, please uh, rate review subscribe mm-hmm. uh check us out on instagram you can find us on instagram at the macabre cast pod uh we post images i'll post a picture of tenzin and then maybe some other pictures mm-hmm. for this week and then that's where we post any picture for any reference that we yeah. have on there um we'd like to do more our link tree is on there as well. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, if you have questions, suggestions, corrections, thoughts, whatever else you would prayers. like. <laughs> uh, thoughts and prayers, apparently. Uh, you can email us at themacabcastpod at gmail.com where we hope to hear from someone. Yeah. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Um, and thank you to... Uh, Trainer. Holly forgets how to do it. Thanks to Shahri for being yeah. our producer. We super appreciate you. Yeah. Aww, I like being here. And we thank Trainer. Yes. For the for music. That's right. Yeah. Holly does like, not know how to do my, this anymore. My brain I'll, I'll do the like, closeout. My brain was like, what are we thanking Trainer for? I can't trainer, remember. Trainer. Two things. Thanks for remo- like texting me a couple weeks ago and being like, hey, is the podcast coming back? Because it was really sweet Aww. of you to reach out and be like, hi 
where are you? Because yeah. I am the one who never showed up to post that we were going on a holiday break. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. we're back. Um, <laughs> so thanks, Trainer, for our music. We're back now yes. with our regular posting schedule. Thank mm-hmm. you all for listening. Thank you to our friend Lachlan for inspiring us to podcast as always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yep. And what's in your cabinet? Good night. <laughs>